Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The decision that I have made for my wife and I to step back is not one I made lightly. It was so many months of talks after so many years of challenges. And I know I haven't always gotten it right, but as far as this goes, there really was no other option. Hi there, you're listening to Royals, the podcast that goes behind the walls of Buckingham Palace. I'm your host for today, Zoe Burrell, and I'm a writer about all things royal at New Idea magazine. And I'm Angela Mollard. I'm a journalist, author, and proud royal expert. And on today's show, we are going to be talking about, of course, Harry's return to Canada. And what pictures we can expect to see of the couple now. They're no longer working royals. Plus, Camilla's response to whether she'll miss the pair. Interesting, that one, isn't it, Zoe? I know, isn't it just? <laughs> it's what you have to say versus what you think. <laughs> but, of course, we have to talk about Harry's mm. return to Canada, don't we? Mm. So he's returned there. He cut short an event at Buckingham Palace with African leaders. We know how close he is to Africa, but he was clearly wanting to get back to his wife and child. He got a late afternoon flight to Canada, then a transfer to Vancouver Island. Interestingly, still with security attached. There was a, you know, a ranger... I did a, see that. A, 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 <laughs> four by four to pick him up and uh, and he was driven back to the we believe uh, rented but it could just be you know that they are being given free status in that very smart house that they're staying in on Vancouver Island so look the three of them are back together what is going to happen now I think it's interesting that Queen has said this adjustment is going to take place in the spring so that we've got a few weeks the, the British spring obviously doesn't really start until April uh We've got a few uh, weeks to see what's going to happen, how it's going to work, because how is it going to work? This is unprecedented. People are calling it an abdication. The fact is Harry and Meghan, to all intensive purposes, have left the royal family as working royals. As we know, they're retaining their titles in so much as they will still be called Harry, Duke of Sussex and Meghan, Duchess of Sussex, but they are no longer Her Royal Highness or His Royal Highness, although their social media is taking a bit of time to catch up. <laughs> there was a statement put out on their, uh, one of their websites, uh, either their Instagram, I think it was, that still referred to them as their Royal Highnesses. But of course, this is a transition period, so we can give them some grace. But when it actually fully comes into play, Uh, will be around April. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Will we be seeing Harry and Meghan at events? Interestingly, as we know, she's gone to a couple of events while she's been in Vancouver, sort of took a seaplane to one event with a woman's group. They then posted the pictures, you know, so she's still... She still wants to do good work, clearly, but under what auspice, I think, will be interesting to see. Yeah, won't it just? But what did you sort of think of the Queen's statement when it came out? Because I know it's been dissected a lot by many people out there. Yeah, look, I I think the Queen's learned a lot from the Diana episode. And of course, I lived in the UK when Diana died and how badly they got that wrong, the royal family. They just had a total disconnect. And we know this is a family that are big on protocol and small on emotions. And they struggle with emotions. They struggle with being able to say, now, in all my time of uh, reporting royals, I've never seen such 
warmth in these messages. I mean, things that she said like, we found a constructive and supportive way forward for my grandson and his family. Typically in the past, they would say, for the Duke of Sussex and his family. Then she referred to them, Harren, Meghan and Archie will always be much loved members of my family. They don't talk about love. This is not the way the royals have commented in the past. It's always been very stiff upper lip. This is the 93-year-old queen really trying to understand her grandson and what he needs. This is her institution. She spent decades building this up. There's no way she could not be anything other than uh, totally dismayed by what's happened, very disappointed. She will be wondering why she couldn't have protected them, what has gone wrong. I mean, it's a very di- it's very directed at, at the media and uh, that's part of it. But obviously... The media is only reporting what the institution is. So the hierarchy within that institution and the I was reading a piece uh, from the Times which, which commented on the fact that it's not the media issue. It's the fact that the hierarchy of the royal family men, means that it's not a comfortable, easy place to operate within, particularly for an outsider. But I did love that comment from the Queen where she said, uh, you know, she wanted to thank them for their dedicated work. And she said, I'm particularly proud of how Meghan has so quickly become one of the family. How's that family going to look now? I was wondering this morning, are they going to come back for Christmas at all? Will Archie have a relationship with his cousins? How much time will they spend in Canada? Will Meghan and Archie be permanently in Canada and Harry just flies back for the odd British-based appointment or occasion that he has to attend. It's going to be really interesting and there's going to be a lot of conversation about it, a lot of commentary around it. And Because it's so unprecedented, they have to have a clear plan. I hope they're being well uh, directed in this because if they get it wrong, it could be even worse than what they're trying to run from. And that's what I fear. I think it could be... It could be terrible because there is protection within the royal family. There's ways things were done. After Diana died, the press council came in. There were new stipulations, new guidelines. You could not take paparazzi pictures, for instance, of the royals. Magazines and newspapers wouldn't run them. But I think these statements are, are both really interesting. The other two points that I thought were really interesting is that they're going to pay back the money for the Frogmore Cottage. Yes, I did read that. I was quite surprised, actually. Well, that's a recognition that the taxpayer has basically funded this beautiful house for you by the people that run Soho House in London or who decorated Soho House. So it's kind of totally boho, state-of-the-art, gorgeous. The look of it will be all wholly functional, but it will have that kind of oldie-worldie look about it. That doesn't come cheap, as we know. It's, you know, <laughs> it costs them a fortune, £2.4 million. So they're going to pay that back. I want to know how they're going to pay that back. Where does that money come from? Is it going <laughs> to come from the Disney voiceovers, for instance? Has she just Maybe. signed, you know, she's going to do the new Pocahontas film or something, and she's going to be the voice, and she's going to be paid for that, and that's how they're going to pay the renovation. I'm just speculating. How are they going to pay it? I mean, how much of Prince Charles's money is going to go to them? I think they're going to be highly scrutinised because we're interested in them. They are now trans, effectively, as I see it, they are transitioning from royals to kind of pseudo celebrities. But they're sort of, they're not celebrities because they're royals. So how will they fit in this mix? And I say that from a point of journalistic curiosity, but also from the point of view, they're so clearly unhappy. You want them to be happy. And I'm sure the Queen wants them to be happy. I'm sure William wants them to be happy. But will they be happy? Will they get what they're actually seeking? And so I think that's what I'm interested to see in the years that play out. 
Harry's spoken, uh, you know, we're going to play some clips from this, but I, the, the speech he gave to the Centre Bali charity, which is an African charity that he's been involved with a long time, he set it up. The bit that really got me from that speech is how protective he is of his wife. I also know that you've come to know me well enough over all these years to trust that the woman I chose as my wife upholds the same values as I do. And she does. And she's the same woman I fell in love with. We both do everything we can to fly the flag and carry out our roles for this country with pride. Once Megan and I were married, we were excited, we were hopeful, and we were here to serve. For those reasons, it brings me great sadness that it has come to this. And he's making decisions based on a, a really short-term relationship, really. You know, it's it's not like it's long established. It's not like they've tried... I mean, of course they've tried, but have they tried hard enough to find a way to make it work? And I'm not so sure that they have. At the same time, they have a, you know, he's given years of service. I mean, there's been that Facebook meme going around about what he's actually done. You know, the military, the patron of 24 or more charities, the tours of duty, putting his life at risk in in Afghanistan. But I do think when Kate and William were first married with baby George, they lived in Anglesey and Wales and Kate wore Bowden shirts. You know, she was just a a normal, she could have looked like any other mum going to the supermarket. And I wondered whether they could have chosen a smaller life in Britain or had some time out and lived in that way, the way that, I mean, at that stage, uh, William was a helicopter pilot. um, And, uh, you know, Kate, they lived very rurally because of the policy in the UK about pictures they had privacy and they they actually enjoyed that time together as a as a new couple yeah. and with, with I new parents. I sort of agree with you I feel like Megan and Harry dived in feet first mm. to this full-on role whereas I think they could have probably benefited from taking 12 months yes. to sort out their family yeah spend some time as a married couple and I, look I think they did have to I, I think you know Megan's age meant that they probably were keen to get moving on family straight away but you're absolutely right geographically they could have made it work for themselves and gained the protection around that but look you know this new model as as they're calling it is interesting there's talk about the the, the fact that their new titles they generally in the past have denoted divorce members of the royal family so Diana and Fergie both were then referred to as their name so Diana comma princess of Wales and Sarah, Duchess of York. So there's some comment about the fact that it sounds like they're divorced, but of course they're not. Look, it's all new stuff. They're finding <laughs> the way. It'll be interesting. Isn't it? And I mean, of course, though, we do have to talk about the paparazzi shots mm. that the couple have threatened legal action over, don't we? They have. So what happened was that... It, Megan was out walking. She had Archie in the front pouch. She had the two dogs with her. One is called Guy, I believe, and I think the other one is called Oz. It yes, seems to have I come out, he hasn't is. it? We've yeah. no one's known what the name of that dog is, but but several outlets are claiming that that is the name of the dog. She's walking along. She's looking directly down the barrel of the camera, and you know, having worked with photographers for years, you know when someone has seen the photographer. She's smiling. She's wearing um, really casual black leggings, brown boots, a a black fleecy jumper. She's smiling broadly. She's got two protection officers behind her. The protection officers 
would have seen the the paparazzi <laughs> even if she hadn't. Anyway, these pictures were taken. Some outlets have chosen to print them. Others haven't. They've just referred to them in text, which is really interesting, which shows that, again, we're in unprecedented territory. But what's happened is that lawyers for the pair have sent out legal warnings to media outlets um, following the publication of those photographs. Harry is apparently very unhappy about them. I wonder if Megan was photographed, didn't realise the significance that now that they've made the stand and then Harry's arrived or they've seen the photographs and they've had, they've had to um, issue these legal warnings. Now, we're in a different ter- territory. They were protected in England under the Royal Rota system, which whereby after Diana's death, there was new systems of reporting on the royals whereby different media agencies, they had what's called accreditation to attend events that the royals were at, which is why we basically saw pictures of the royals in their nice clothes, shaking hands, cutting ribbons, opening events, rather than on a beach in the Caribbean, as were the pictures in the past of Diana on holiday. So we didn't see those. In fact, when there were pictures taken of William and Kate on honeymoon, they were published in European publications, but not one or two, not many, but not in any British publications. But over the years, think about it. You haven't seen Kate in a bikini, have you? We saw Diana in a bikini lots of times because those were the old rules. They were protected by the new rules. They've now stepped outside that jurisdiction effectively. So what are the new rules? As I see it, the new rules are that fair game. They are in, uh, they're in America. There's a big paparazzi contingent around LA and New York. They will, you know, you look, think of all the times we see pictures of Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck because they're such a highly <laughs> ongoingly, you know, interesting couple, well, ex-couple. I think that they are now laying themselves open to being photographed a lot more, a lot more in their private lives, a lot more when, you know, if you think about it, when you're being photographed in an official occasion, you're working and you're on duty. If you remember the, the pictures of Megan in her first Christmas at Sandringham, she looks really nervous. But she knows what's going to happen. She's been told what's going to happen. She's going to have to curtsy now when the Queen goes past. That's not going to happen. So I don't, I think there's a lot more possibility that we'll see potentially a picture of them arguing or a picture of her not looking how she wants to be seen or as Archie grows older and, you know, some organisations will blank out his face. So there has to be new rules around this if they're going to, if they want to be protected. Otherwise, you know, they are going to find themselves. I completely agree with you. And I sort of think they went on that lovely holiday to Canada, weren't photographed at all on that holiday. Really good point. Yeah. And they must have thought, oh, this This is what it's going to be like. This is what it's going to be like. But I just feel it's not. I feel like they are going to be photographed a lot. Well, I wonder, Zoe, if there have been times in the past when uh, the royals or people from different institutions or, uh, I don't know, the subjects of really Uh, tragic stories have approached the media and said this is what we need now I worked for many British newspapers I can't say that if they sat down with the editors of Fleet Street as it was known because basically what Fleet Street does everyone else follows I can't say you couldn't guarantee that they wouldn't abide by a directive from the royals but if Harry had an approach which was I know you guys have a job to do how can we make this work so that we're protected? You get what you need. How can we make this work? And have a conversation because editors, they need content, but they don't necessarily want to be total shits about it, do they? <laughs> they, do, they, they don't. They, and there is deep affection for Harry and that affection's diminished as a result of his anger at the media because 
to a certain extent they have their own social media and that's their megaphone. But traditional media is another megaphone and the stories they're now telling, because they're angry at that attack, you know, that Harry has attacked the media, the media don't just sit there and go, oh, yes, we've been bad. The media then says well, hang on, that's that's not on. And they will scrutinise them for inconsistencies in their messaging and that's going to continue to happen. So I think they're more vulnerable now than they've ever been. Yeah, I totally agree with yeah. you. And it's Unfortunately, a, it's sad to see. Yes, and look, uh, you know, we think about Edward and Wallace Simpson and they abdicated and, and they moved to France. They didn't operate under the media system we have now. We have a 24-7 news cycle. We have, you know, the members of the public will know that there is who might come across them will know that those pictures will be will be worth something. Um, and now that they're not under that royal status, how is it going to operate? And I, I think that's one area. I think money and and photographs is the two areas that are still fairly um, ambiguous. We don't know what's going to happen. And I want to know more detail on money, how they're going to fund themselves. Um, did you see that cartoon where it was... Um, Harry and Meghan over a coat of arms and under the coat of arms it was you know coat of arms is split into four and they're generally you know dragons or <laughs> or the British lion or something like that and these ones had things like Gucci and Coke and like the sponsorship deals that they're going to take and it was a total <laughs> send up of the fact that they're going to be home highly commercial and um and sell out effectively it was it was a very amusing cartoon but I think there potentially is some truth in it as as witnessed by the conversation that Harry had with the head of Disney over whether Meghan could perhaps get a bit of voiceover work. I mean, extraordinary stuff. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to watch what they do over mm. the next sort of 12 months, mm. I think. I suppose for people listening, the big question is, are we going to continue to see pictures of them? I would say undoubtedly, particularly in this transition phase, if there's any directives after that, I mean, Harry's not been backward at coming forward and speaking out about how he wants the media to treat Meghan. But this is, yeah, this is a new framework and everybody has to to figure out their roles and it's, I think we still still will see pictures of them and I think, um, uh, yeah, I think it will become pretty messy. And, of course, there's been plenty of reactions, but we have to talk about Camilla's, don't we? This oh, is quite funny. Yes, yeah. she's hilarious. Uh, she She's taken aback by this question. I don't know why she would be. I mean, it's the question everyone was going to ask her, which was, are you going to miss Meghan and Harry? Hello. Will you, will you miss Harry and Meghan? Of course. And she says, mmm, and then there's a pause, and then she's practically walked away from the, the interviewer fully realised that if she doesn't say anything, it's going to sound terrible. So she sort of turns back and goes, course. <laughs> like, you know. I love it. Very blunt. <laughs> very, very blunt. And and that wry smile that she gives, like, oh, God, you know, like, she's hilarious. I love some of the other um, responses too. Doria Raglan, Megan's mum, has uh, spoken to a friend who's obviously spoken to the press and she has said that Megan is very strong and she'll always be okay, which I thought was, you know, a mother's faith in her daughter. She might be okay, but what about the institution? that uh, she's potentially leaving behind. And then Helena Bonham Carter speaking at the Screen Actors Guild Awards. She said, I think the world is their oyster. And, of course, she played Princess Margaret in The Crown. Uh, it's, I think the world is their oyster. It will be very interesting to see what they do, but now they're masters of their own destiny and good luck to them. She's from the position of she's getting money at work out of them. She might be starring <laughs> alongside Megan playing herself, well, wouldn't she? That could be interesting, <laughs> couldn't it? It could. Now yeah. she has the chance to play herself. <laughs> she does. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so lots of, lots of comments, but I really also like Prince William made a comment. There was a reception at Buckingham Palace 
again, as I mentioned at the start, with the um, leaders from plenty of African nations, Harry was there for a bit of time. Uh, the British Prime Minister was there for some time. And Prince William, and you can really – I see this as uh, an act of connection and an, an act of showing his – uh, brotherly love for Harry. He actually talked about how much Africa meant to them in the wake of their mother's death in so much as Prince Charles took them both on a trip to Africa. And I think telling that anecdote at a time when the family is fractured and uh, and people are speculating on the relationship from the, with the brothers, we hear that they did have a, as well as the Sandringham summit, the, they sort of had a side summit, uh, William and, and Harry, where they tried to make amends and apparently both Meghan and uh, Kate were instrumental in, in bringing that about. But I think the fact that William referenced his brother, referenced the, the time in Africa after the, the, their mother died, wasn't just for the benefit of those African leaders. I think it was very much sending a signal that that they are brothers and that they, they will always be brothers and that the things that happen to them means that they will always have an understanding of each other's stories and, and that that means they're always aligned, even if we've seen them, as we say, in fractured circumstances. Oh, well, so touching to hear that, isn't it? Yeah. Look, the speech is, uh, this is a very, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, speculation and um, scaremongering and thoughts around this. And and it's very easy um, to fall into a sensationalist trap around it. I think that it is a big story. There's no denying it's a huge story for this British institution. It's a huge story globally because how is it going to work? But in essence, there's also two people who are clearly really, really unhappy. And what might have happened if they continued in that unhappy state? That could have been disastrous. So there's lots of layers to this story. And over the course of the few weeks that you know I've been reading about it, I can see changing emotions around it. And it's not split along um, generational divides as, as previous. You know, we always used to be that young, you know, millennials were very much in favour of Harry and William. Older generations felt uh, quite upset that they were uh, basically turning their nose up at the uh, monarchy. But there's there's less of that now. I think there's 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 an attempt to understand them. But I don't think that the criticism is the execution of it. I think it could have happened. They could have stepped back in a way that was far more thoughtful, uh, more dignified and more respectful to the Queen. Yeah, I agree with you. And as you've said, we'll sort of be learning more about this as it plays along. <laughs> Certainly will. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ange. Thank you. And thank you to everyone for listening. For more on the Royals, head to newidea.com.au or our Facebook page, New Idea Royals. And of course, don't forget to pick up the latest copy of New Idea Royals Monthly on sale now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.